Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and I have returned to the hosting chair. Today, I'm going to be uh, reclaiming my title as host uh, because I have a very special guest joining me Oh, on the phone. This is actually our first call-in show, so it's a a very exciting uh, podcast for us. On the phone, I have Pastor Bob Evans, a former senior pastor here at Wildwood. Bob, good to have you here with us. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you from way up here in North Carolina now. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice and glad that uh, you could join us. And we thought that it was important to hear from you for this podcast because uh, we're talking about uh, recent events. So throughout this entire season, we've been talking about this theme of church history to help tracing the history of Christianity and understanding where we came from and recognizing how we work through councils and creeds and the development of scripture and a lot of divisions as well that reaches into our lives. And so today we're going to be talking about the creation of the PCA and more specifically, the creation of Wildwood. So, Bob, you are uh, an expert on this, having served at Wildwood for decades. uh, And so let me just toss this to you. Wildwood is a part of the PCA or the Presbyterian Church in America. So can you tell us a bit about the origin of the PCA? We already talked in a previous podcast about the modernist fundamentalist controversy, uh, but where did the PCA come from? Well, it it stemmed out of that controversy, I'm sure. Uh, most most denominational spinoffs in the 20th century at least have occurred because of uh, conflicts uh, mainly over, and I think the main thing is the authority of Scripture, okay? Is Scripture our final voice of authority for anything that we believe? Uh, the PCA originated, all those ministers that were in there and members were part of the PCUS, which was the Southern Presbyterian Church. Of course, the Presbyterian Church divided at the Civil War, as you know. Sure. And you had these two, uh, the Northern and Southern Church. The Southern Church remained more faithful to Scripture for a little longer period of time. But by 1973, when the PCA formed, there were lots of divisions and controversies uh, in the mainline PCUS, uh, for instance. There was a, a heavy focus on the denial of the authority of Scripture in many cases. Uh, the approval of ministers in the Southern Church uh, that denied central doctrines of the faith, like the deity of Christ or the atoning work of Christ or the resurrection. Sometimes they would reject men that actually believed those things. Uh, they downplayed evangelism and uh, turned it into more social action. While that's important, it's not the focus of the scriptures. And so it was basically over whether the scriptures have final authority in what we do, what we believe, what we think. And the the sort of tipping point came when, after several reform movements occurred in in the denomination, like there was the Presbyterian Journal, it was actually helped founded by Billy Graham's father-in-law, Dr. Bell. There was Concerned Presbyterians, uh, there was uh, Churchmen United, there were several attempts at bringing the denomination back to orthodoxy, when those failed, it became clear that these uh, more orthodox believers that became part of the PCA needed to separate from the mother church, and that occurred in 1973. And so the first General Assembly uh, of the PCA occurred at Briarwood Presbyterian, a fairly well-known 
church uh, for many people. It started there, and so it's been in existence since 1973. Rather pretty recent, actually. Yeah, we're just approaching about 50 years next year for this. So over these 50 years of the PCA, what are some distinctives that have set it apart? Well, the slogan or the motto, I think, or the mantra of the PCA is sort of uh, been centered around this, faithful to the scriptures, which is in contrast to the denominations uh, that, have, that have fallen away from that, faithful to the scriptures, faithful to the Great Commission, which is the, uh, you know, the word of Jesus to go forth into the world and preach the gospel, and faithful to the Reformed faith course, which is the theocentric view of, of God himself. Framework for that would be in the five solas of the Reformation. Uh, you know, scripture alone, Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, God's glory alone. And these things, of course, are uh, in our, uh, at Wildwood in the sanctuary. They're up on the walls, up in the, uh, you know, the balcony. I think they're still there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, look. they absolutely yeah. are. And people love looking at those when they come into our sanctuary, even for the first time. Uh, they are a striking example of a distinctiveness of the PCA. Yeah. Well, and I think those are good uh, reminders of the things that root uh, the PCA and Wildwood in particular into, uh, you know, into orthodoxy and into the scriptures. So the PCA was formed for a lot of the same reasons that other denominations broke away from the mother church over uh, once you eliminate or question or dismiss the authority of scripture, you know, it's, ultimate place in uh, the life of the church, then reason takes its place and everything then begins to crumble. And that's basically what happened in uh, the early 70s and then uh, culminating in 1973. Yeah. So that's a PCA. Let's uh, get even more specific then. Let's talk about Wildwood. When did Wildwood Church begin and why? So there was a Westminster church in Tallahassee, and I believe it moved into the PCA uh, in those years, 73, 74, 75. But by 1976, there's some people attending Westminster felt like it wasn't reformed enough. <laughs> so, and of course, that's variable. You know, what does that mean? Some felt the existing mother church was too charismatic. And I don't mean by that that people were speaking in tongues, but maybe they were more open to uh you know, various expressions and worship and things like that. So this group wanted to pull the church back into a more reformed, uh, traditional uh, worship experience, the Apostles' Creed, the doxology, you know, uh, hymnology and so forth, which is not a bad thing. Um, But in many ways, it was formed out of, not because they wanted to reach the culture or reach people, but they just wanted to say, we have a true Presbyterian church, okay? actually called a man who is sort of true blue Presbyterian minister that didn't work out well. There's probably 40-some members that met in a home beginning in 1976. This is when this would have occurred. And uh, I think uh, a couple years after that, a lot of those people had become discouraged. They they departed uh, the church, and the church was basically on life support uh, for a long time. I think they had questions about whether it would even continue to exist. But by the grace of God, there were faithful people there uh, that uh, that helped hold it together. Then Stephen Bradford came and was uh, there for about six years, from about 80 to 86, um, basically held the church in sort of a status quo, small, but, you know, but still faithful. And then Mike Kangen came in 86, and that's where the growth really began to occur. 
in Wildwood. Uh, and uh, I came on board in 1991 as his associate. And then Mike left in 96. I took over his role. I did that for 20 years until David McNeely came. So Wildwood began in 1976. It had a, uh, a difficult birth. I'm not so sure it was totally healthy for some of the reasons it was started. Uh, but yet God used it, and I believe he's using Wildwood today and wanted it to exist. And so that's why it's there. That's such an important point. Uh, and we've made this point in previous episodes as well. God has a habit of working through fallen and sinful people to accomplish his purposes, because that that's all of us. And uh, so, <laughs> that's, all, that's all he has to work with. Exactly. <laughs> that's so right, we, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we can talk about uh the difficulties that started Wildwood, and we see how God has redeemed that for his glory. And we certainly aren't perfect now, but uh, we are striving to uh, please him and to serve his purposes here in Tallahassee and throughout the world. Right. Let me turn it to you. I, I'm thankful that we could have this chat uh, today. And let me ask you, you spent the vast majority of your ministry career at Wildwood. So uh, what drew you to a PCA church and uh, what kept you focused here in Wildwood? Yeah, well, part of it was uh, seminary. I became more convinced of uh, Reformation ideas or Reformation theology in seminary, even though I didn't go to what's called a Reformed seminary, went to Trinity uh, Evangelical Divinity School. And so I went into the Orthodox Presbyterian Church at my first uh, you know, stint in ordained ministry. I was ordained in 1980 and spent four years pastoring an Orthodox Presbyterian church. After that, I was called to Tallahassee, where I pastored uh, Calvary Presbyterian for seven years. So I had 11 years in this very much smaller denomination, even compared to the PCA. Moving into the PCA was not hard uh, because of the, the commonality between those two denominations, uh, basically identical uh, theological beliefs. And part of it was stimulated by my relationship with Mike Kenjin, who is the pastor of Wildwood. We would meet every week and talk over ministry and whatever. He asked me if I would work with him starting in around 1989 or 90. I wasn't sure that was a good idea being in the same town. But by 1991, that became a reality. I moved into the PCA and uh, was ordained. I just basically went from the OPC to the PCA. It was not a major difficult switch. So I was already conditioned to be in a uh, Presbyterian Reformed environment when I came into the PCA, and that's where the bulk of the, my ministry um, you know, occurred over those 31 years that I was there. That's great. And I know that uh, I personally and many people here at Wildwood are uh, so thankful for uh, that move that you did make, and uh, your legacy is still seen even by uh, this podcast that we're having together. Well, thanks. Thanks for calling me to uh, do this. And yeah, I was just thankful that you didn't say we're here because Bob Evans is an expert in ancient history, which means, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that old. So <laughs> you're the expert in that, not so much me. But uh, hopefully that's helpful to give people some idea about the PCA and about Wildwood in particular. And by saying some of the things I said about Wildwood at the beginning, I didn't mean to be critical of anyone or anybody's motives. Sure. Uh, I just knew the church had a really hard time uh, there in those early years, and um, yet God redeemed it and turned it into something that uh, I believe is being used uh, in a great way in Tallahassee right now. Yeah, I would agree. 
Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Bob. And uh, thank you to all our listeners. We got a couple more episodes to be finishing up our season with Church History to Help. I hope that you'll join us for our next one. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.